Is That Really in the Bible presents the teaching ministry of David Freeman. And it was a message that I thought every Christian, at least outside of this circle, needs to hear. And it was in, inspired by a question on my YouTube videos. And um, a lot of times people will, will ask questions that have nothing to do with the video. Uh, you know, it's just, that's very common, by the way. You know, they'll, they'll and, and it's, I've had to just say, look, why don't you watch the video first and then make a comment? You know, uh, sometimes I think people just look at a title and just start typing. You know, I, I don't like that. That's not right. And it, but, uh, but anyway, the, the statement was, does the suffering of Christ go beyond the cross? Think about that. Does the suffering of Christ go beyond the cross? Think about that deeply because Anyway, I, I responded back, well, I've never been asked that question. I know he suffered as a lot in the flesh when he was on this earth, but now Christ is seated beside the Father, and he is our daily high priest. But does he suffer as our daily high priest? And I, I said, I don't know. What are your thoughts? You know, when you don't know the answer, that's what you do. You just go back and say, what do you think? You know? <laughs> But <laughs> you know they to oh yeah, you're right, right, exactly. <laughs> so the title of this message is uh, it's, it's got actually two titles you can you can have. But does God hurt, or can we hurt God? Can we hurt God? Now, for a long time in my personal life, I I were and I think a lot of people worship a God that is too big to hurt. I mean, he's the creator of the universe. He's a, he's a blessing machine, as, as some people like to say. You know, he's, he's a grace machine. He's, he's a forgiving machine. That's what he's up there for, to forgive. And he's really too big to hurt, is how I sort of viewed God. I never really thought of a God that could hurt. Now, there are cliches that we use with God, such as, Father, forgive us our daily sins. Amen. Some people tack out on them to every prayer they say. I mean, I don't care if it's supper. I don't care if it's dinner. I don't care if it's, it's a daily prayer. It's just, Father, forgive us of our sins. Amen. It was Ron Dart that said, it would be interesting if, we, if when we said that, a big booming voice would come out of heaven and say, what particular sin did you have in mind that I forgive you of? Let let. Yeah, they never ask again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we need to get specific about this. This is not flippant information. This is serious information. So what exactly did you have in mind when you said, Father, forgive us of our sins? I mean, does it mean we can just send our butts off and just say, Father, forgive us of our sins? Is that what that means? Is Christ up in heaven saying, you know, when we say, Father, forgive us of our sin, is he up in heaven saying, oh boy, you don't know how much I wanted to hear that. I hear it's another sinner I can forgive. This is wonderful. This is great. Is that, is that how we view God? Um, does God have 
any emotions? Right. Does he have any feelings? We have emotions. We have feelings. Where do you suppose they came from? Since we have emotions, since we have feelings, since we can get hurt, where do you think that came from? We didn't invent this stuff on our own. We didn't evolve into this stuff. No, they come, they come from God. God has feelings. Do you worship an emotionless God with no feelings? Does God hurt? Can we hurt God? Now, on a personal level, you know, I don't want you to be too hard on yourself, but on a personal level, I cannot count the time since my baptism I have said, Father, forgive me, I have sinned. I lost count a long time ago, to be honest with you. And, but what I know is, as I, as I evaluate my own life, I had a tendency to worship an emotionless God with no feelings. A God that did not hurt, a God that could not hurt, a God that was too big to hurt when I sin. Now again, there are cliches that we use, use with God, you know, uh, well, you know, the Bible says if you don't forgive, Christ will not forgive you. I understand that. But, okay, how do I forgive? How do I forgive someone that's hurt me? You know, sometimes the how is what's lacking. It's easy to quote the Bible. It's easy to say, this is what thus says the Lord, you know, and boom, you know, whatever. Uh, be renewed in the spirit and in the power of your mind. Okay, that sounds great. But how? Exactly how do I do that? Um, if you look at a woman to lust, you're guilty of sin. Okay, if you're angry with your brother, you know, you're guilty of killing. Okay, I understand that. But how do I do that? How do I not look? How do I not lust? How do I not have anger in my heart. How, how do I do these things? Uh, we have the love chapter, the great love chapter. Love is patient and kind and is not jealous or conceited or proud. Love is not ill-mannered or selfish or irritable. Love does not keep a record of wrong. Love is not happy with evil, but is happy with the truth. Love never gives up. But you know, Love, in and of itself, sometimes can be hard. How do I love? How do I love? How do I love? You know, one of the problems with the churches of God, and I think I fall into this category too, myself, we spend too much time on with what's in the Bible. You know, this, this is what thus says the Lord, this is what the Bible says. And not enough time with how do I do this? How do I do this? You know, I've always been amazed at YouTube videos. I, I love YouTube because I can search anything. You know, how do I put a radio in a GT Mustang? You know, I was mesmerized by this one because I thought it's not, it's not possible, the whole dash. You're gonna, the answer to how you do that is put a piece of dynamite in the dash and blow it all up and then you can get to the radio. So I looked it up and it was, a, it was so simple <laughs> that it's just an issue of popping out something and replacing the radio. But 
And then there was, you know, how to rebuild a GS 550 Suzuki top end engine. And, and some guy, I don't know if these people have that com much compassion or if they're that bored or, you know, he's up five o'clock in the morning telling me, he says, I'm up five o'clock in the morning, the kids hadn't got up, the wife hadn't got up yet. And he's working and he's showing me how to rebuild the top engine of a, a GS 550 Suzuki. And the fact that someone would take the time to do that, to explain the how to, which is really what Christians are looking for. They're not looking for so much, thus says the Lord, they're looking at how do I do what you're telling me to do? And I often think that's lacking. I am working on a message, how to keep the Sabbath in a world that requires you to work on the Sabbath. Now that's a good how-to one right there, or at least I hope it will be, because it's a good question. How do you do it? You know, it's easy to say, look, you need to keep the Sabbath. You're a sinner if you don't keep the Sabbath. Okay. All right, how do I keep the Sabbath in a world that requires me to work on the Sabbath? How? Yeah, how do I do it? And if we spent 90% of our time explaining the how instead of the what, we might see a lot more growth in the church of God. Love your enemies. Love those who have hurt you. Okay, I got that. But how? <laughs> I mean, you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's a line from Angels in the Outfield. Danny Glover says, you know, he's, he says, look, I don't even like my friends. <laughs> it's a powerful statement. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the greater the love, the greater the pain that you experience when someone hurts you and sins against you, now, let me rephrase that. The greater the love, the greater the pain that, that, that you experience when someone hurts you and sins against you. We, 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 we have the perverted potential for hurting those we love the most. I don't know if you've ever picked up on that, but that, that, that is true. We, we, we have this potential. It's a queer thing for hurting those that we love the most. And we can be hurt by the, the greatest by those we love the most. The more you have invested, the more trust, the more respect, the more sense of all that you have. You know, it, it can be like a knife in the back because you didn't expect it. It came out of the blue. I didn't expect you to do that. Movies, Angels in the Outfield. I'm getting an obsession on that one, I guess. But, um, Roger is a foster child and he becomes an award of the state. The state has to take him over. And he's deeply hurt because his father just walks out on him. It's an ugly scene in a movie. But uh, you know, the father just leaves him because he becomes an award of the state. And so Danny Glover, the coach, comes to see him and says, uh, he says, slide over. He says, says I'm sorry, Roger. And Roger says, well, why? Because you lost your stupid baseball game? He says, no, because you're hurting. And he said, Roger says, you wouldn't understand it. You wouldn't understand what that's like. And, he, and, and, and Danny Glover, the coach in the movie, says, uh, he says, when I was a boy, my father couldn't even take care of himself, much less us brothers. And he says, I don't know if the pain of that ever goes away. But what I do know, if, if, if you don't let it go away you know if you'll go through the rest of your life thinking everybody you meet will let you down one day 
You know, and you'll end up just like me. And he, he was a man that didn't believe in anybody or anything. You can't go through life thinking that one day somebody's going to let me down. Again, or whatever. It's a powerful scene. The investment, Christ, what Christ has invested in his children. Think about that. You know, we could read about the suffering Messiah in the book of Isaiah. We could think about Christ's life. At what age did he realize, I am that Lamb of God that's going to take away the sins of the world? I am the one, you know, he went to the Passover every year and he, knew, he saw those lambs being slaughtered. At what age did he realize, that represents me? That's my role in this world. This is what I'm going to have to do. Did he ever fantasize that Christ, the Father, somehow, some way, would make it work out another way? That he wouldn't have to go through. Did he ever fantasize about it? I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. If those who've watched the passion of Christ, I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just that kind of cruelty I can't stand. Mel Gibson, the passion of Christ. It's so horrendous to watch, but I remember watching that movie at the theater, thinking to myself, I will never sin again. But I did. I did. Because I didn't realize the suffering of Christ continues after the cross. You know, why healing is so hard for us? You see, God can do something that we cannot seem to do. It's found in Jeremiah 31 and verse 34. You don't necessarily have to turn there because I'm reading the last part of it. But Jeremiah 31 verse 34 says, For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sins no more. And that's, what a wonderful thing. But you see, we can forgive, but we can't seem to forget. And God says, look, not only am I going to forgive, but I'm going to forget it. All of it. What a powerful statement. What an awesome God we have. But it, we struggle with that, forgetting. You know, we can forgive, I think, but we can't seem to forget. And the good news is this, no matter how great the pain you have experienced, the healing can be glorious. All things work together for good. In fact, the greater the pain, the more glorious the healing. Let that sink in. Now, I want to talk about the stupidest people on planet Earth. <laughs> people that think and believe their sins have no consequences. How do I know this? I used to be one of them. I used to be one of those stupid people that thought sin had no consequence, that believed God had no emotions or feelings, and was totally oblivious to the fact that the suffering of Christ continues on after the cross. A God that could say, wow, I wasn't expecting that from you. You're my child, and you let me down. I did not expect that. Again, where do we think our emotions come from? We read about God. He's an angry God. He's a jealous God. Okay? Those same emotions that we have, he has also. In Psalms 51 and verse 4, Psalms 51 and verse 4, David, after he had committed adultery with Bathsheba, 
He says, against thee and against thee only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you might be justified when you speak and clear when you judge. Notice what he says. He says, God, against, this is, this is uh, Psalms uh, 51 and verse 4, against thee and thee only have I sinned. God is, uh, David is speaking to God. It's not just each other that we have sinned. It's not just another person we have sinned. We have sinned against God. Now here's the problem. When God is not real enough in your life, all you think about, all of your focus is on the person you have offended or your own hurt feelings. David did not say, and I'm not saying these people are not important. I have sinned against my, my other wives. I have sinned against Uriah. I have sinned against Bathsheba. Now, I, and I'm not saying these people are not important and these things are not important. But so often we say, you know, look, I've hurt you. I'm hurt. God needs to be real enough in our lives to realize that we have hurt him. Okay. God needs to be real enough in our lives to realize that we have hurt him. You know, often in marriage, we can hurt one another in words and actions and thoughts. Sometimes we don't think about that, even in our thoughts, you know. Our body language, we can hurt one another. You know, the cold shoulder, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> just, just, just body language and, and, and all the th ways that we can hurt one another. We need to understand that, you know, when we hurt each other, when we hurt our husband, when we hurt our wives, when we hurt our friends, our relatives, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not just sinning against them, we're sinning against God also. We need to take this serious. Someone said this, every sin symbolically crucifies Jesus afresh. Every sin symbolically crucifies Jesus afresh. How painful was that for Christ? Now I'm sort of mixing my metaphors here, but I'm, I'm, I want you to imagine walking up to a person you've hurt, or maybe God that you've hurt, and you say, look, forgive me. And as you walk away, you notice the person is still crying, or you notice God is still crying. And you say, why are you still crying? Look, I, I said, I asked for forgiveness. Well, it's because healing hasn't taken place yet. Healing hasn't taken place yet. What repentance really is, in 2 Corinthians 7 and verse 10, tells us what repentance really is. It says, for godly sorrow works repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. Notice that little statement, not to be repented of. But the sorrow of the world works death. You know, real repentance is that you're serious about stopping the sin. That's what real repentance is. The International Standard Version says, For having sorrow in a godly way results in repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regrets. But the sorrow of the world produces death. So how do we love? I could read a love chapter again. Love is, love is this, love is that. But how do we love? I'm gonna give you a simplistic answer 
How do we love God? How do we love our wives? How do we love our husband? How do we love our children? Here's a simple answer. Never hurt them again. Never hurt God again. Never hurt your wife again. Never hurt your husband again. Never hurt your children again. Now that's a tall order, I'd have to admit. That's a tall order. But, you know, if we're serious about what repentance really is, and we're serious about our relationships, that's, that's the simplistic answer. I'm not going to hurt you again. There's a, a song by the uh, Bee Gees that I love very much. One of my favorite songs. I think I loved it ever since I was a teenager. But how can you mend a broken heart? If you want to watch a, a good rendition of, well, not a better rendition, because, but because it's, it, it, it's Ricky Skaggs and Barry Gibb. But it's the Grand Ole Opry. And they're talking about going through the dark days because I think Barry had lost both, both brothers and coming out of the light. And they're talking about God. And it's just a powerful, you know, just, just type in uh, How Can You Mend a Broken Heart, Grand Ole Opry, and you can watch that. But it, it's, it's pretty powerful. But the words, uh, and I can't, you know, I can't do my Robin Gibbon impression, by the way. You know, first of all, you got to stick your neck out like here, and, you, and, and then you got to hold your hand over one, one ear, and you get, I can think of younger days. You know, you got to sort of get that right, that voice right. But anyway, uh, I can think of younger days when living for my life was everything a man could want to do. I could never see tomorrow. I was never told about the sorrows. What sorrows? Well, sorrow of thinking uh, that sin has no consequences. The sorrow of living like a fool. The sorrows, whatever you want to talk about. You know, the sorrow. I could never see tomorrow. No one ever told me. No one ever came along and said, look, you're headed down the wrong road. You're about to make a mistake. It's not good where you're headed. I could never see. I, I, could, I, I was never told about the sorrows. And how can you mend a broken heart? And how can you stop the rain from falling down? Tell me, how can you stop the sun from shining? What makes the world go round? How can you mend this broken man? Yea, how can a loser ever win? Somebody please help me mend my broken heart and let me live again. And again, you know, these things are, are sort of powerful when, when you read it. You know, just, just try walking out one day and say, sun, stop shining. Rain, quit falling down. It's not going to happen. <laughs> and, uh, but the question is, and what I don't like about the song is he never gives the answer. <laughs> yeah. But boy, on an emotional level, is it touching? How can you mend a broken heart? Well, there is an answer. And the answer is not, well, you know, we all sin, you know. I sin, you sin, I'm probably getting ready to sin right now as I'm standing up here, all that. Now, that's not the answer. And it is the process. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen just because you go down the waters of baptism. But the answer is very simple. To never break God's heart again with our sins. That, 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 that's basically the answer. Because the suffering of God continues after the cross. God has feelings. God has emotions. Every sin symbolically, symbol, symbolically crucifies Jesus afresh. 
I can hurt God. We can hurt God. You can hurt God. And by the grace of God, I will never hurt you again. And maybe we've just stumbled across what it means to be a real Christian. For more information, check us out online at isthatreallyinthebible.net. Listen to the podcast, watch the weekly program, worship with us on our weekly Sabbath service, and be sure to visit our free bookstore. Again, the website is isthatreallyinthebible.net. If you would like more information or if you have any questions, write to Is That Really in the Bible? 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia 24151. Or visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net.